Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I am the host today, Bill Bannum, and today I am joined by Jonathan Nightingale, founder and partner at Raw Signal Group. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. Okay, well, we've got lots to chat about today. So let's dive straight in. Uh, firstly, let's talk a bit about you and your background. Tell us about your career up to founding the Rural Signal Group. Sure. Uh, when I, I guess, I guess we have to start at the beginning. When I was going to school, I wasn't intending to be a technologist. Uh, I went to University of Toronto for psychology originally, and I took some computer programming courses and loved them and ended up changing my specialization there to be cognitive science and artificial intelligence, which sounds very impressive, but mostly meant that I couldn't decide between psychology and computers. So I did some of both. Uh, when I got into work after graduating, I started as a, in the engineering team at IBM and I worked on software there for about five years. I did some user research stuff, uh, but my path to management really began when I left IBM and went to Mozilla. Uh, that was in 2007, so about 10 years ago. And I joined there as, as part of the engineering team, too. I was writing software for Firefox, uh, just as Firefox was starting to, to really explode. If you can cast your mind back that far, um, we were growing very quickly as an organization, and our user base was growing a lot. And so relatively soon after joining, I got my first management role running part of the Firefox front-end development team. And as we kept growing, uh, my team kept growing, and uh, I basically kept replacing a succession of people named Mike. You know, my my director of engineering was Mike, and when he stopped doing that job, I got that job. And my vice president of engineering was Mike, and when he stopped doing that job, I got that job. And um, eventually, I was running engineering for all of Firefox, and then Mozilla switched to a line of business model, which, you know, in, in many contexts, I think I have to explain, but a lot of HR practitioners have seen this play more than once. And so um, we reorganized everybody who worked on Firefox into one group, and I became functionally the, the general manager of the Firefox group. Um, by the time I left Mozilla, I'd been there eight years, and Mozilla had grown from about 50 people to about 1,200 Uh We'd gone from one product to a, a suite of products, and we'd gone through a lot of growing pains as an organization. Maybe that's not too surprising, but I'd also gone through a lot of growing pains as a manager and executive and leader. And I think a big part of that came from the fact that nobody really teaches you how different that's going to be. And so I had to spend a lot of time trying to figure that out, trying to read every book I could, to ask people questions to study the leaders around me and understand what they were doing that I agreed with. And, and when I didn't agree with it, is it because they were wrong or because I just didn't understand it? Um, so I left Mozilla after eight years, uh, partly because I felt like I'd learned what I could learn there and I wanted to leave while I still loved that organization. And partly because I, I wanted to try something smaller. I wanted to try building something. So I live in Toronto and the, the Toronto tech ecosystem is on fire. Uh, and so I ended up joining a local startup called Hubba when we were about 16 people, I guess. 
and grew with them over a couple of years until we were about 65. And, and it started to feel familiar. It started to feel like the early days of Mozilla in terms of how many people were around and, and how you got things done. Um, but towards the end of my time at Hubba, my co-founder at Raw Signal, Melissa, and I uh, got this growing sense that both of us had worked really hard to understand how to be good at management and leadership, what that meant for us, and, and um, that we wished there had been more help up front. So we both left our jobs in tech, and we created Raw Signal Group uh, really with the aim of reaching as many leaders as we could and giving them some fundamentals about what it is to manage well. It's the same reason we wrote our book, um, because we just we want to get that information out there, the stuff that we wished someone had told us when we started. Okay, thank you very much. So let's talk a bit more about Raw Signal. Uh, give us an overview of the Raw Signal group and how the company helps leaders and HR pros. So it sounds like perhaps a lot of the, the help that you offer is around strategy for fast-growing SMBs. Uh, tell me more. Yeah, our our tagline on the website is "We build better bosses," and uh, our our aim is mostly to to say something out loud that's not said very often, which is you know management is a set of skills, and you can learn it, but you you don't get it for free, and you certainly don't get it for free because of a promotion. Um, so a lot of our clients are, you know, in the technology space, they're, they're rapidly growing startups, for instance, or um, maybe they're uh, design studios or development agencies that, that do work for, for their own set of clients, but they're trying to build their internal practice and, and they're growing and, and need some of that help. Sometimes though, we're working directly with executives one-on-one -on -one, at much smaller organizations where they're just, you know, they may have only grown from five to 15, but for them, that's really straining their ability to lead in the way they want to, and, and they need more tools. And so, you know, in, in really concrete terms, it can mean uh, taking the managers from an organization offsite and doing some training work with them on on fundamentals, on stuff that every manager should know, you know, how to run a one-on-one, -on -one, how to give feedback, even when it's, you know, not positive feedback, uh, how to run a meeting effectively, when to call in people like HR and legal instead of trying to solve this stuff yourself. It, it turns out there's really a lot that goes into the practice of, of managing people effectively. And when we talk to these companies, it's rarely the case that you know, they're bringing us in after bringing in three or four other people and, and being dissatisfied with some element of it. Usually when we're talking to a company, our biggest competition is doing nothing at all, right? We're, the, we're reaching companies who are just starting to think about this is, this is either something we want to get out ahead of in, in the great cases, or this is something that's really hurting our ability to operate and we need to remediate it. And for us, that's, that's where the real joy is, is coming in and saying, look, you don't have to feel lost. This isn't just a black box. We can, we can take it apart. We can help you understand the pieces of it. Um, and that we get a real lift off that. Wonderful. Thank you. And you are also, uh, you're in, in a similar world uh, to, to myself and the Gazette. You are a co-editor of the COPOR. Can you tell me a bit about COPOR? Yeah, the, the COPOR is a, 
is a medium publication that we started writing when our younger daughter started sleeping through the night, basically. Uh, she did not feel like sleeping for her first seven months of life. And when she decided to start sleeping through the night, we had a, a week where we, you know, where we collapsed and just caught up on sleep. Uh, and then I remember us sitting in our living room and it was August of last year and it was eight o'clock and our kids were asleep and we had available energy. We, we had some cognitive surplus and we started talking about like, what are we going to do with this? And both of us had felt like there were these things that we wanted to set down. Uh, I, I guess I can't say on paper since it was digital, but these, these things we wanted to write about and had never done it um, for a variety of reasons. You know, I, I used to work with new managers during my time running the Firefox group. I would work with new managers who had to put someone on a performance plan for the first time. And I would always give them some version of the same speech about how to do this in a way that, you know, lets, lets the employees stay whole, even as we're going through a really difficult period in their employment. And and also helps the manager anticipate how, how they're likely to feel through the process. And I kept thinking to myself, you know, I should write this down because it's one of these things that I wish someone had told me earlier. But when you're the general manager of Firefox and you have, you know, 100 plus people reporting into your organization, you can't write a blog post about how to fire someone because at any given moment, there's someone in your organization, plausibly, who's on a performance plan or you know who's who's close to being fired and if they see that blog post it doesn't matter that you know it's an abstraction and it's it's something you've you've talked about a dozen times they think it's about them and that is an awful feeling for that person to have to feel like they're being singled out um even if they're not named or anything and so i never wrote that post and when our kids started sleeping through the night and I was working at Hubba and I didn't have anyone on a performance plan. And uh, Melissa was, was working at another Toronto startup, Wattpad, and similarly felt like she had some latitude in what she could talk about. We started writing and we found we had a lot to write. Um, so we kept writing and we're now at a point where uh, our stuff is, we're one of the top uh, medium publications on leadership and management topics. And it really just came from trying to go through what are all the things we wish we'd known, right? We always joke that our target audience is ourselves 10 years ago. That's who we're trying to reach. And we've just been overwhelmed by how supportive everyone's been uh, sharing our articles and, and commenting on them and stuff. That's what motivated us to pull it together into a book was that it, it seemed like it connected and that there was a conversation here that people felt like they needed to have. Yes. Uh, so here's my great, follow on from that you just mentioned right at the end there that you're uh you've got a book and it's coming out uh this week i believe can you uh can you tell our audience the the, the title and uh a, a week synopsis bill is this a is this a podcast where we swear uh, yeah yeah it depends on the words but let's go for it why not <laughs> all right no well no i, I can i can the, the softer version of it is that the book is called how effed up is your management an uncomfortable conversation about modern leadership. Um, you, you'll have to search for some version of the full name if you want to go find it on Amazon. But that's right, it comes out tomorrow. And um, we, we're full of a lot of nervous energy about it. It's, it's the first time either of us has written a book. It's a complicated process. Those of your listeners who have gone through it will know. It's, it's hard to know 
you know, if, if people are interested in it or not, it's, it's hard to get good information on how many people have bought a copy. It's, it's scary. Uh, and it's scary too, to have written it and compiled it and, and worked with designers and editors and, and gotten a, this physical artifact. And then to start calling people and emailing people and saying, Hey, this, this book's coming out. Do you want a copy of it? Would you like to see it in advance and read it and tell us what you think about it? And every time you do that, you're putting yourself out there, right? Because maybe they'll say no, or maybe they're just so uninterested they won't even bother to reply. Um, but it's been very nice, the number of people who have said, yes, absolutely, I'd love to. And, and even people who have you know, taken to the social medias ahead of time and said, oh, I just got my advanced copy. I'm, I'm really excited to tear into it. Um, for us, that's, that's really what it's about. We, same with Raw Signal Group, really. The, the, we're doing this because we, we feel like we love tech as an industry. We love the ability that software brings to, to reach billions of people and, and change the way parts of our world run. And the thing that's hardest for us is that tech, for all of its impact, is often really terrible to its people. And that's what motivates us. We feel like that can be better. And, and so the, any, anybody who buys the book, we're like, okay, we, we reached one more person, right? And you don't have to love every chapter of it, but if there's a chapter that catches you and challenges some part of how you're thinking about it or makes you more thoughtful or values-oriented as a leader, that, that's great for us. That's exactly what we want. And we joke that with a title like that, how effed up is your management? We may end up with people buying it passive-aggressively and you know buying it and just sliding it onto their boss's desk um that's okay too uh we we really hope it exists to to start conversations that's its its real goal so for uh, for all audiences including the, the passive aggressive ones uh, how how can they how can they get a copy oh it's uh it should be basically everywhere um it's quite challenging with a swear in the title it's quite challenging to get it into physical bookstores uh, and so your best bet is certainly online, but it's available on all the electronic platforms we know of. You know, if, you, if you're an Apple Books reader or you're a, a Kindle reader or a Kobo reader, um, it should be available for you regardless. And most of the online booksellers should have print versions available as of tomorrow as well. You know, our, our goal is, is to reach you wherever you are. Perfect. Now, uh, one of the Gazette's partners is an event called Innovate Work Toronto, and one of their partners uh, is an event series called Next Gen TA. And you were recently a panel member at their Diversity by Design event. Can you uh, can you tell our audience a wee bit about the the panel topic and the discussion that ensued? Yeah, the the panel I really enjoyed. Um, I think there's a, a mistake that happens a lot in in events these days where a panel on a subject like diversity will mostly be about convincing people that diversity matters and i feel like if you haven't been convinced that the diversity of your team is a is a very strong predictor of how well your company is going to do and what kind of culture you're going to have if you haven't been paying attention to the research that's come out on that and the case studies that have come out i don't know how to reach you on that one you know, if you can't connect to it either on a business level or, you know, I think a little more ideally on a, you know, on a moral level and say, like, yes, we want a company that's inclusive. I don't know how to reach you on that. But I think that what a lot of companies struggle with is that they 
they're bought in. Yes, definitely we want that. Um, how do we do it? And that's where I thought the the focus of this panel was, and, and that to me is a, a really productive conversation because I think a lot of folks do need help to figure out what steps can I take, you know, and, and uh, in the panel, I'm going to recap the whole thing, but I think two things happened. One, we talked about some specific things that a company can do tomorrow, right? Simple things like um, putting their job descriptions through some kind of analysis to, to make sure they're not too gendered, right? Adding a diversity statement to the bottom of their job description saying, hey, we welcome applicants, even if you don't look like us, right? Even if you feel like uh, companies like ours have not been kind to you in the past, we really want you to come in the door. And, and you know, there are lots of places that compile those, those easy off-the-shelf solutions that you can do right away. I think I probably mentioned during the panel a, a website called Project Include, which pulls together a lot of those resources and I think highly of. Uh, but I think the other thing we talked about on the panel is the more general question of how do I make my company more inclusive uh, how do I get better at this stuff? And, and my encouragement to the audience there was to not think of it as something you fix piece by piece. Yes, changing your job descriptions is appropriate. Yes, you should think about having, you know, there should be women on your interview panels if you're interviewing women candidates so that they understand that they won't be alone when they get in the door, which is a problem that tech in particular struggles with a great deal. Um, but more generally, that it, it behooves us as people who run companies and, and who participate in things like hiring and designing culture um, to to invert the way we think about it. You know, you don't say, oh, is this practice sexist? Is this practice exclusionary? Instead, what I've been pushing leaders on is to say, just assume that every practice is, right? Not because it's hopeless and not because like everything you're doing is wrong. Just assume that you're building a business in 2017, you're at the tail end of hundreds, if not thousands of years of businesses and norms before you. And most of them have preferred people that look like me. Most of them have been designed around an employee base that is mostly straight white men. And if you flip your perception and start to say for every element of our business, how is this element exclusionary? Where does this element trick us and look like it's universal, but actually um, some people find it easier to connect to than others. I find that such a transformative way to think about things. You know, you start to say things like, oh, we've got this beautiful office. Great. Is it accessible for people with mobility impairments? Oh, we've got this great team culture. We go out for drinks every night in the evening. Great. How does that work for single parents, right? Or for people who have a uh, religious uh set of reasons why they, they're not going to be drinking or recovering alcoholics, right? Like for almost every element of how your business runs, I think it's really productive to say um, what assumptions are baked into this? Who's who's not invited to the table as a result of us doing it this way? Now, it doesn't mean you'll get it right all the time. Um, and it shouldn't mean that you have to feel bad about yourself all the time either. But I find that when you do that, you start to get curious about it and you start to you develop the skill of spotting those things and, and you get better uh, faster. And then all the stuff that we talked about up front about believing in it because it's good for your business or believing it in it because it aligns with your, your values as a person, you get better at living those things because you, you start to spot more of the opportunities to improve. 
And I'd just like to add uh, some kudos, a big shout out to Kim Benedict and her team at Talent Minded and the awesome folks at Mars who uh, who are behind that event. Uh, we've, Absolutely. We've, we've come pretty much to the end of this particular interview. Before we wrap things up, Jonathan, uh, how, how can our listeners learn more about you and the work that you get up to? Oh, that's kind of you to ask. Um, well, certainly you can find us. I'm Jonas on Twitter. That's J-O-H-N-A-T-H. And my co-author, Melissa, is at Shappy, S-H-A-P-P-Y. Uh, if you want to know more about the company, uh, that's rawsignal.ca. Raw, like unfiltered and straight to the point. Signal, like the opposite of noise, rawsignal.ca. Um, and the book, as I mentioned, you can find everywhere starting October 3rd. Perfect. Well, that just leaves me to say, Jonathan Nightingale, thank you for being our guest today. Thank you so much. And listeners, I'll get raw and straight to the point. You're all awesome. And please tune in next time. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.